Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life, and we hope that God uses this message to influence and encourage others to join us on that mission. We're glad you're listening. For more, please visit us online at onelifecc.org. Today's Mother's Day, we're going to do something a little bit, a little bit different, and um, what I know is that we all come in here from different backgrounds, different places, different experiences in life, and we all have different stories. And um, the thing about that is, is whether you realize it or not, or I realize it, that God has been, his hand has been woven all throughout each of our stories. And um, I know that maybe some of you here this morning, maybe you, you don't know where you stand with God. You don't, you don't, you're not really sure about the church and because of experiences that you've had, had in life, but you have a story. And um, we also have a lot of commonalities in our story. Um, and your story and my story are part of a much grander and larger story. And so um, my hope today is that um, we see that life here, no matter where we are, that it's not about us, it's not about you, it's not about me. And I want us to hopefully see ourselves within, within this, this story that I'm gonna share with you this, this psalm. And it, it starts out, is this in Psalm 107. And I'll have all of it up here on the screen for you today. Um, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. This word redeemed, it means to rescue from exile. And the psalmist is saying, let those who have been rescued by God tell of their rescue story. People from all over, north, south, east, west, those who have been redeemed, rescued, let them tell their story. In fact, it would be ungrateful and be wrong if they didn't tell their story. And so in this, we see that this is important about us. In fact, you just, you heard from Matt just saying like he heard Drew share his story. And in this, in these, these Psalms here, it's part of a trilogy of like Psalm 105, 106, 107, 105, just being about all that God had done for Israel and his people, and Psalm 106 about Israel's rebellion. And then this Psalm is about Israel, God's people, their deliverance and their rescue from exile. And so when I say that that our stories are part of a much larger story, my my hope is that as as we read through this, that you might see yourself as one of those in this story. So as this continues, 
in verse 4, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. This wilderness and this wandering, not necessarily choosing the circumstances, but this journey in life of not knowing necessarily where to go, what to do. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. We see this rescue and deliverance from God. And then what I'm about to share with you, this next verse, it is like this resounding chorus all throughout this psalm over and over and over. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. This gratitude and thankfulness. Verse 10, some some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. These people did their, did their own thing, lived their life on their own terms. And God allows the consequences and they live life as if in a prison because of their decisions and their rebellion. And God, you may say this, but we, we want to do our own thing. And then again, there's this intense petition, this prayer. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. There's rescue and deliverance again. And here comes the resounding chorus. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. There's this gratitude and thankfulness again. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Again, rebellion. I want to do what I want to do. I want to live my way, my life, and the consequences. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress, this deep, heartfelt crying out to God, this petition, this prayer to him. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. And here comes the chorus again. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy, this gratitude and thankfulness for him, for his unfailing love, for who he is and what he's done. 
Some went out on the sea ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. This a natural disaster, circumstances beyond control. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven, rescue and deliverance. And here comes that chorus again. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders, this gratitude and thankfulness. Throughout your story, wondering, rebellion, doing your own thing out of the the consequences of living life. Or maybe there's these unexpected circumstances, these things that happen that are out of your control. Do you see, do you see his hand? Do you see his unfailing love? Do you see what he's done? It goes on, his He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. He turned the desert into pools of water and parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards and yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Wow, that sounds... Amazing. He's in control and he blesses. But it's it's not over. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one let the one who is wise. Heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. This psalm doesn't just describe what God has done and what he did for Israel. It describes what he has done for all of humanity. And God doesn't promise to deliver us from our circumstances and the pain that we may be going through. But he does promise his peace and that he's in the midst of it with us and that he's near. Whatever our circumstances, whatever our circumstances, God is faithful and loving and listening. Today, being Mother's Day, I know that it brings with it so, so many different emotions because we all, we all have different stories. And so for some today, today is, today is a a great day to celebrate, to celebrate with your mom. For some, your mom's not here anymore. 
and there's grief and there's sadness. For some, you may not have ever really known your mom. For some, maybe you desire to be a mother, but you haven't. And so I, I thought it would be appropriate, and I, I hope that it would be encouraging for you to hear from a woman who's had a unique journey. And, and, and Mother's Day plays a, a, a huge part of, of her story. And so I, I want you to watch, I want you to watch just this portion of Sarah's life. I'm going to share a small piece of my story, but this story isn't just mine. And so I have to thank my husband, Ron, who is strong enough to be cool with me talking about it. I also need to thank my kids. It's never my intention to exploit them through the telling of our story and only to help other people through what I've experienced. But those experiences also include them. I did not grow up in the church. I was raised primarily by my mom, who was a strong, brave, and feisty woman. She was a bit of a hippie, and organized religion didn't fit into her beliefs. I was also heavily influenced by my maternal grandmother. She was the matriarch of our family. My mom passed away in 2009 before my dream of motherhood was even fully realized. And my grandmother passed away a year ago this week. Despite my upbringing, I became a Christian in high school. My husband and I got married in 2010 and wanted kids right away. After about a year of trying, we found that we couldn't get pregnant. Our society and church culture put so much emphasis on the thought of what if we get pregnant and so little attention towards what if we can't. In processing this news, we chose to just live our lives together and redefine what we thought that would look like. But as often is the case, God had other plans for us. In 2015, through the mercy of God and the grace of a beautiful friend, we had the opportunity to adopt our oldest daughter. Having a friend willingly allow us to adopt her baby, I began for the first time to understand the love that allowed God to sacrifice his son, Jesus. We fostered a son for six months before heartbreakingly reunifying him with his biological family. And we went through fertility treatments to bring our twins into the world and complete our family in 2019. Between the loss of my mother and the ways we struggled to build a family, for years, Mother's Day challenged me. Each year, I sat in a seat in church as those around me celebrated. I felt alone and so very unseen. And for years, as friends announced pregnancies and births, I felt simultaneous joy and heartbreak. When we were going through the process of our adoption, a friend gave me a journal with a familiar Bible verse on the front. <coughs> Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. It fit the narrative of our adoption after experiencing infertility, but I want to challenge you to look further. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. 
but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Mother's Day is important and worth celebrating, but today may not be great for you. If you have never had a relationship with your mother, if you are estranged from her or no longer have a relationship, if you are helping an ailing mother and this could be your last Mother's Day with her, if your mother has passed away, if you want to be a mother and haven't been able to, if you are a mother and that was never your plan, if you are a biological mother but don't get to hold your baby, if you are a stepmother, foster mother, or adoptive mother and don't feel like one, if you've experienced miscarriage, infant or child loss, or loss through separation, you may not get acknowledged, and that's really hard. If you are in exile, if you feel alone, I can't promise that God will bring you out, but I can promise that he will be there with you. I can promise that you are not alone. So I asked Sarah to come up here and I just wanted to ask her a few questions um, because I think it's very important. Um, And I told her this, I, I can't speak of a place of being a mother or losing a mother. Um, and so uh, you have a unique story. And um, tell me about your mom and your grandmother. How much time do I have? <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to pick a word to describe my grandmother, it would be classy. She was super fashionable. Um, she loved theater, the ballet museums. I was exposed to all of that stuff as a young child because of her. Uh, But she was also really strong and fierce. She was one of just a couple of female real estate agents uh, in the office that she worked for. And she actually served as the president of the Board of Real Estate in the state of New Jersey uh, before she retired. And in the 90s, as people were still using paper listings for houses, she could see that computers were the wave of the future. And so she spearheaded a campaign to transition all of their listings to digital. Uh, So she's just a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom, she was a rebel. She, like I said in the video, she was a bit of a hippie and So in a town like this, it's a little scary to say, but when she was 13, she took the train from New Jersey to DC and protested the Vietnam War. She didn't believe in it. Um, My dad and her in the early 80s, right after they got married, they decided that they were in love with the West and they came out to tour and they came to Texas and New Mexico, Arizona and California and ended up in Arizona. They just had this romantic view of the West, and one of the pictures in the video is actually from that visit. Um, But people always describe others as the life of the party, but I would go further and say that my mom was the party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She just lit up a room, and my love of folk music and listening to vinyl records is from her. So both of them have passed. And so what does a day like today um, bring about to you when it comes emotions and, and all that? 
Today has been great, um, but some years are really hard, and a lot of times the weeks leading up to something like Mother's Day or their birthdays or anniversaries of them passing are harder, and I think that knowing that it can be hard or it could be easy is, it's all acceptable and it's okay. Um, but planning this and filming that video and working with you to get these questions ready has made this year much, much easier than years past. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned in there, and I wanted you to talk a little bit more, that you and your husband, Ron, had this desire to have children and couldn't and um, felt as if you were in exile. And I know that both these passages, like from Psalms, from Jeremiah, they're, they're speaking to a specific time, but this that, that feeling of connection of like, man, I'm, I'm over here and this whole, the pressure of society in the church, you talked about that too, of having kids, like this is what you're supposed to do. And um, how did, how did all of that affect you, feeling like you were in, Y'all were in exile, and how did it affect you personally? How did it affect you spiritually? There's so much pressure in our culture to get to the next thing, and for women, a lot of times that's dating and engagement and marriage and kids. And so when, as you're doing these steps, and then you get to one, you can't do it. So for us, having kids, that was really hard and lonely, I felt like I was in exile. I think being married without children was probably the hardest stage for me. Uh, I kind of felt like everybody was waiting to see when we would have kids or wanted to know why we didn't have kids. And so that's, that's a very lonely place to be. And then also in church culture, we put so much emphasis on abstaining before marriage that a lot of people don't think about, like, what if you can't have a family after? Um, in that, you and Ron now have children. And I don't know, for you to kind of let everyone know in that whole process of um, just how in that process maybe some things changed, like the nothing really like change, but mentally, <clears throat> your thought of, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna be where we are, and we're gonna be planted, and we're going to flourish here, regardless of what happens. And like, how was, just share about that mentality and just what you felt like God was leading you in during that time, where you were still in exile, but it was like, you know what? You know, you know what's best, God. Yeah, we had, I remember having very specific conversations about this, and during that time, my husband started what is now his full-time job. It was just a hobby back then on nights and weekends, uh, and then I really had to confront a lot of things that I had made bigger. So, like, one thing was I really wanted to have a baby shower, and it took some time after we realized that we couldn't have kids for me to understand that that had become an idol for me and letting go of that. 
When we got married, we bought this big SUV. We thought we were gonna fill it up with kids. And knowing that that wasn't going to happen for us, we traded that car in for a little sedan and we cut our payments in half. And eventually we traveled quite a bit. We went to Spain and we got to travel around the US some as well. And I had to take care of my health every month thinking that I was gonna get pregnant. I wasn't really taking care of myself, and so I started going to the gym regularly and eating better. And we just had to kind of make a life for ourselves. Uh, one of our close friends from our old church back home in Arizona had talked to us about how having kids is the best way to disciple and bring people to Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's certainly true. But not having that ability and not having a guarantee of that, we decided to really work with what we had. And we had friends over for dinners. We hosted game nights. And we had the opportunity to uh, minister and disciple friends in our circle before we became parents. So, what would you say today for anyone who maybe isn't full of joy or maybe there's some grief or emptiness? What would you say? And the main thing is that you're not alone. I don't want anybody to hear my story and think that due to my own faithfulness, God answered our prayers to become parents um, because it has nothing to do with me. It's his faithfulness and him being with me through the most difficult times and just allowing yourself to flourish in exile. When you feel alone, you're not alone. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you. Very much. And uh, I, I just, I want us to be encouraged today. Whether, like I said, today's a celebration and it's full of so much joy and you get to celebrate with family, with mom, grandmother, um, or if today is a day of sadness and just grieving, emptiness, or maybe that same feeling of exile of not being able to have children just knowing that the Redeemer is near and that your story is not about you. It's about the one who redeems. And no matter, no matter whatever our circumstances, God is faithful and loving and he's listening. Father God, thank you that you are good and that your love endures forever, that you, um, you see and know when we are um, doing our own thing and you let us. You also, um, you also draw us back to yourself over and over again. God, thank you. Thank you that you are faithful, that you are um, 
that you are good and that your love never fails. And so today, in a day like today, um, even though we, we celebrate and we honor mothers, we honor you. You are Lord and you are over all and your hand has been, you're the creator, we're the created and you, you know us and you know our stories. My hope today is that we all know of the love that has been shown to us through your son, Jesus. That this Jesus came and gave his life, sacrificed his life as the perfect sacrifice for the sins, for the rebellion, for the disobedience, for the, 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 the wanderers who um, are looking for everything else but you, God. Jesus, you came and gave your life and paid for our sin. And you died and rose again and defeated death and sin and Satan. Jesus, you are the redeemer and you redeem your sons and daughters from north, east, south, and west. May we be drawn to you. May we make much of you. And today, may we be reminded that you are near. And I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.